welcome to another episode of Sharing Sweat Equity produced by the El Paso Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and the Minority Women's Enterprise Diversity Center. I am your host, Michelle Luebno. Today's guest is Cynthia Loya and Frank Spencer from Aztec Contractors talking to us about how they have learned to adapt and overcome safety and health challenges on the job site in light of COVID-19. Aztec Contractors is one of the top small business contractors in the El Paso region and have come up with some really creative ways to enhance the safety of their employees on job sites. Before we get into our conversation with Aztec, we want to thank our partners, Sun Carpets, who provided the insulation for our recording studio, and we hope to be back recording very soon from our recording studio. And of course, we want to thank Epicenter. If you are looking for commercial real estate in the El Paso area, make sure to give Epicenter a call. They have really great and fantastic locations to choose from all over the city. It is my pleasure to welcome you to our webinar today. And today is going to be a little bit different than some of the previous construction safety webinars that we've done. We're really going to focus on listening from one of our top small business contractors in the community, give you some practical advice for all of you small to medium-sized contractors out there. Right now, a lot of people are struggling to figure out how to react to COVID-19. So a lot of our business community is coming together to kind of provide you with some advice and some tips um, as companies that have been there and gone through that and can now share what they have found has worked for them. So really that's what we're gonna focus on during today's webinar. Of course, I would like to welcome our guest speakers for today. First of all is Cynthia Loya. She is the Site Safety and Health Officer for Aztec Contractors. Cynthia, hi, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having us. And of course, we also have Frank Spencer III. He is the president of Aztec Contractors, but not only is he the president of Aztec Contractors, he is a proud El Paso Hispanic Chamber of Commerce board member and a proud Workforce Solutions Borderplex board member. Frank, thank you for uh, joining us today. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. So I just want to kick things off with a few questions. So without further ado, the first question that I have for you all is, how has it been going as contractors on the job sites right now? How have you guys been dealing with this outbreak of COVID-19? I can imagine it's been difficult as contractors to put a plan into place. Uh, yes, Michelle. Uh, again, thank you for, for having us uh, this afternoon. Um, you know, one of the things is I can kind of sum it up in one word. It's daily. Every day things are changing. Uh, we're dealt with different challenges. So uh, we're having to adapt and be flexible um, with the way that we're proceeding out on the field. Um, so it's been challenging. Um, but again, um, you know, we rely on, on our team. We rely on our subcontractors uh, to make right decisions. And, and all we can be there is to support uh, and see that we're doing the right thing. So I think one of the questions that we get from a lot of our contractors is ways that they can cost effectively, make sure to keep their job sites clean and safe, and also check people as they're checking in on the job sites. There's no, of course, one way that's going to prevent 100% absolutely not having anybody who's potentially affected on a job site, but what measures have you all taken as a company to try and protect your workers uh, and your subcontractors? So Michelle, uh, we're we're proud to to share uh, what what we have administered on our on our job sites and, and what has been working with us and it's cost effective uh, for for our smaller construction companies out here in El Paso or or anywhere around around the state or the nation. So 
what we do is we uh, do temperature screens uh, at the beginning uh, without anybody going into the actual job site. Um, our threshold is 100 degrees Fahrenheit. And so if somebody meets or exceeds that, of course, uh, they are not allowed to go inside the job site um, and we take the proper procedures thereafter. But if you are below that threshold, what we've done is we've purchased these admission bracelets uh, and they're cost effective. You get a thousand uh, rainbow and you can uh, color code each day uh, significantly and uh, there are a thousand for about $29.99. And so if uh, the person is allowed to be on the job site, uh, they get a bracelet, something kind of like what I'm wearing right now. Mm -hmm. It's an admission bracelet. And that way you can physically see who's been screened. Uh, and if somebody got through that wasn't screened, then we start asking questions as to uh, why weren't they screened and get them screened and, um, and follow procedure thereafter. I think that's a super simple but creative way of really protecting your employees, but also checking yourself to make sure that your processes that you've put in place are working. So how did that idea come into play? I know that you guys have talked about maybe some higher tech solutions before, but this is a really simple low tech solution. So how did you all come up with this plan? Um, it was something, again, I give credit to, to Cynthia and uh, some of our field personnel who came up with this idea just because of how fast things have been were changing on the job site. Um, and as, you know, again, daily ordinances were changing or topics were being discussed, sort of planning and trying to stay ahead of the game. Uh, that was something that seemed, again, uh, something we could, we could get a hold of very quickly and implement and keep it orderly. Um, again, at the beginning, there was a little bit of pushback saying, well, you know what, we're going to clog uh, funnel all the all the subs entering the job site. It's going to take longer. But once we went through it a couple of times on on each of our job sites, you know things started to speed up. And I think Cynthia can can attest to um, how much time on average it was taking us. Yeah, definitely. Once we started, and that first week, you know, was was um, uh, a learning uh, learning development and. Uh, how the system was going to work or not going to work, but fortunately, uh, it was one minute per employee screening them, putting the bracelet on, putting the time, the temperature, uh, and then now we have it down to kind of a well-oiled machine, and we can actually get three employees within one minute. And so it's all about just that exercising and getting that plan together. Yeah, once you kind of get into the groove of doing something like that, you are able to speed up that process and, and get it going a little bit quicker and everything in the future. Definitely. And it, so, takes, a, it takes a lot of, of, of the buy-in too from the team as well. Um, if everybody's on the same page, it's going to be efficient. And that actually leads me into my next question, Frank, is how do you get your employees to buy into these new safety measures that you've got in place? A lot of people, I'm sure when you first whipped out the, the wristband idea, were like, God, this is gonna take too long to get checked in. And I'm sure that they had all kinds of complaints. So on your end, how have you gotten the employees to buy into the plan and what you're doing? I think it first starts off with the transparency. I mean, being honest about what really is happening and, and uh, the, the, the importance and the danger that, that 
you know, we're, we're, we're each faced with on a daily basis. So I think that, again, we don't sugarcoat anything. We're not hiding anything. It's what is reality right now in the world that we're living in. And so I think that once they see that and they see that there is 100% transparency um, uh, and a sense of urgency and, and how, how um, you know, dangerous this can be if we don't follow the proper protocol, you know, I think that's the number one thing. I think number two is that we all have to sit back and, and, and realize just how fortunate that we are to be considered an essential service. And I think that, you know, um, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of families, there's a lot of our coworkers, uh, 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 colleagues that they don't have the luxury to work. Their doors are shut down. And so realizing just how fortunate we are, I think also plays into, again, doing our due diligence, doing our job to make sure we keep everybody safe. Um, so I think those, those are the, probably the two number one things I can think of right off the bat uh, that help. And then um, obviously the planning. And, and planning, again, it changes. You, you start with the plan, you know, today we were dealt with a different set of cards. So we're having to re-strategize. But again, that foundation that we've kind of established, it helps us to go back to and then react um, and, and solve the, 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 the challenges that we're faced with. So I do want to bring up another aspect right now, Frank and Cynthia, is the idea of having safety meetings. I mean, you guys are sitting, you're six feet apart right now, you're social distancing. Um, so how are you guys doing your safety meetings? I mean, it's such an important part of being on a job, being a contractor, is to have those safety meetings to make sure that everybody is on the same page. So how in a world of social distancing are you altering your safety meetings and making them more easy to fit into those constraints? I think the biggest thing with um, having to deal and preventing the spread of COVID-19 is, is really being creative in everything that you do. And safety meetings have to be completed. They have to be done. They're an essential part of your safety program and everybody's safety on a daily basis. So instead of what we're used to, which is a huge crowd of all our subcontractors and getting that information out all at once. Uh, now uh, we have to get smaller groups. We have to have that social distancing of six, uh, six feet or more. So we minimize uh, the amount of employees at each um, safety meeting. Does it mean that we have to repeat the information 10, 12 times over and over again? Definitely but it is worth it to get that information out to everybody and make sure everybody is covered and gets, um, gets under that um, safety umbrella that we're all, we're all trying to uh, distribute to everyone. So my next question for you all is, Mother's Day is around the corner. Traditionally, it is a holiday where you see a lot of people coming and going, visiting houses, having large parties um, and we do know that there is an ordinance in place that prevents those kinds of gatherings but I'm sure that we all know that there's still going to be those Mother's Day barbecues and cookouts so are you all concerned about people coming back to the job site after Mother's Day and what are you doing to really stress to your employees how important it is to stay home this Mother's Day weekend especially if they're going to be back on the job site on Monday um, well, we'll, we'll kind of tag team this, this uh, uh, answer response. Um, yes, we are concerned because 
we we saw firsthand how uh, well Easter was a huge uh, from coming back from Easter we saw an increase in some uh, of our job sites some of the the individuals family members that tested positive um, that again could potentially have impacted our, our project uh, our projects um, so yes we we are concerned about Mother's Day weekend and um, you know right now all we can do is continue to stress you know the um, stay at home um, the wearing your, your, your mask um, probably the uh, I'm assuming that some of the safety topics this week is is that of you know holidays coming around please stay home don't go and, and, and see mom or dad I mean mom you know how, how hard it is but um, we're, we're doing it to protect one another and that's kind of that education that we have to continue to push out there. Um, and, uh, but but it, it is going to be difficult. Um, and, and like I said, we did see uh, what Easter, you know, the gatherings caused some, some confusion on our job sites. Right. And just to piggyback um, as to what Frank was saying, I mean, I'm glad that you brought that up because it is part of your safety topic for this week. Um, to not really let your guard down. And even though it's such a special holiday for everyone, uh, that we, we still have to take it as serious as we've been taking it this entire time. And going back to on the field safety and that buy-in is that if your leaders and if your team take it serious and they lead by example and you have these uh, processes that you go through and and they see that you're putting in for the effort they see that we're taking temperature checks they see that we have hand washing stations that we're providing um, what's required of us uh, as far as hand sanitizers that we're putting in their part they buy in and I'm sure that they go home and they tell their families um, hey look this is what 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 ASTEC is doing. This is what um, my job site is doing to keep us safe. We have to do all of these things so that we can come back home to you safe and we don't bring anything back home to our families and continue working. And then my final question for you all before I open it up to all of the audience questions is when it comes to, we've got Mother's Day weekend coming up, and I think that there is always a concern that there could be a COVID-19 case on the job site. You know, it's, it's almost you have to prepare for what could eventually happen. How are you guys as a company, you guys have been a great model of staying ahead of the curve, staying ahead of the trend as much as possible. You guys are ordering face masks for your employees, you know, weeks before everybody else was and weeks before these things were kind of mandatory. What are you all doing as a company to prepare in case you guys do get a positive COVID-19 test on the job site? Uh, good question, Michelle. You know, we're, we're, we're going through that process right, right now. Um, you know, there's some, some uh, on-hand scenarios that we're dealing with and we're going back to the initial plan, our COVID-19 um, um, uh, safety plan that we have implemented on all our job sites. And we're going back to the basics, reviewing it and finding out how to answer based on what our initial safety plan was. And then each case is, uh, it's, a, it's a case by case scenario. Each, they're not all the same. So again, 
um, our site safety health officer, Cynthia, is tasked with um, making those judgment calls. Um, you know, she has a support group uh, uh, here as well, where we brainstorm them out. Uh, again, the relationship with the PM. Um, and so there, there's a lot of things that'll go into um, unveiling those case-by-case -case scenarios, making a decision. You know, I also want to comment that, you know, not everything has been, um, you know, fallen into place. I mean, we have, you know, gone through a series of, of, of mistakes and things that have popped up that we have not been prepared for. Um, you know, we, we talked about it earlier about some of the obstacles that we face, um, you know, the shortage of, of hand uh, sanitizers, uh, the, the, the formula, the gel, uh, wash, hand washing stations. So, you know, we're trying to do the best that we can for ourselves to protect them, to protect ourselves, to protect the owners of the projects. Um, but it, it, it's not easy. And so we're having to kind of jump back and forth and figure out how to um, uh, mitigate and prioritize certain scenarios. You know, we've had discussions about fabricating hand washing stations just because we know we can't get them fast enough and our subs are asking for them. So, you know, I'm sure there's other companies that are watching. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited to hear what they have to say, but we're, we're, um, we're having to kind of makeshift and go, you know, kind of find a way to get to, to, to complete the mission with what we're, what, what we have. And that's what makes it difficult sometimes. And, and so by no means are we perfect, um, but we, we're definitely cognizant of that this is a serious um, virus. Uh, we have to treat it so. Um, and again, go back to our plan. I mean, I think that would be the advice I would give is that each of us should have some sort of plan that we can adhere to and then leave ourselves some so uh, leave ourselves open so we can make certain decisions or use a judgment call. Um, because again, none of us are professional. We're learning as we're going. Great advice, Frank and Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm gonna go ahead and open it up to the question and answer section from all of our attendees. So again, if you're tuning in via Zoom, you can ask a question via our Q&A panel. Or if you are brave enough to ask the question live, we do have one person who has asked a question live. Uh, we will go ahead and unmute you and you can um, ask your question live on the air. We also have our Facebook live stream going on right now. So if you have a question and are tuning in that way, you can post it in the comment section and our communications director, Patrick Espinosa, will make sure to send it over to us. I'm gonna go ahead and get started with our brave soul, uh, Magdalena Marquez. I'm gonna go ahead and unmute your line. Go ahead and feel free to ask your question live. Magdalena, are you there? Can you make sure to unmute your computer to ask your question? There we go. There we go. Maybe okay. you could give us some, some feedback on where you're getting some of this PPE because it's been so difficult for construction companies to find anything right now. So could you hear that, Frank? Where are you finding your PPE equipment? No, I'm sorry, we couldn't hear her, but we, we heard you. Just like just like anything um, that that is required. On, on the job site, it's it's been challenging uh, because everything is is really out of stock. Uh, what's worked for us and and what's good actually in in construction itself is is networking, 
and you really have to be thinking out of the box as well. Uh, PPE, it's, it's calls after calls to vendors, to past vendors, um, to uh, my safety colleagues, to where did you find this, where did you find that? Um, and then thinking outside of the box as far as, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, last week, there was hand washing stations that were on back order for two weeks. And we absolutely needed them immediately. Um, and so I got in my truck, uh, Walmart, three ounce um, uh, travel size uh, container. We had some hand sanitizer here that we had in stock, filled them up and um, distributed to every, every subcontractor, depending on how many employees they had. Uh, you know, had them sign off that they received the hand sanitizer and uh, it was a temporary, uh, you know, relief for that day and a, tempor a temporary thing, but you have to do what you need to and, and be creative to be able to be in compliance and, and keep everybody safe. We were also uh, to that question, I mean, um, because of the, um, the Purell, the, the gel, um, we were looking at how we went and bought um, dish soap and uh, water bottles uh, with water. We mixed the two to help clean uh, surfaces um, that was not only out in the field, but also inside of our office as well. Um, you know, the masks, uh, we went to a local company, actually two different local companies who made the masks for us. Um, again, uh, Michelle, prior to the ordinance coming out, we were again thinking ahead. We had already ordered it, so we were able to avoid the rush um, with, with the making of some of these masks. Um, but again, a lot of where you purchase your PPA, a lot of the vendor suppliers, um, it's just being patient, understanding that they're also trying to get the products to us. Um, but you know, again, we're, we're going through the same process where they're, they're running out. Also, I think we need to keep into consideration, um, you know, our PPE, for example, your N95s. Uh, you know, those are pretty much out of stock anywhere because they're being reserved for our frontline, right? Uh, our medical field out there. And what we can do is, is really understand that um, that's where they're going. And so if we can have, you know, our cloth, cloth, uh, a face cover, or just a surgical mask, anything is going to help. And um, really understanding that you're making a big difference by, by using something. And it's not really to protect yourself, it's to protect everyone else and just minimize and, um, and help out in that way. But uh, those are being reserved for everybody in the front line. And, and I think everybody kind of understands that. And I do want to say we did just get a notification in the chat from Terry Reed over at the Hispanic Chamber. First of all, she says, hi, Frank. Um, second of all, she wants to let everybody know that we just got a call from a chamber member, Rick Mendoza of Bauer Trophies. A lot of businesses have been pivoting what they're doing and Bauer Trophies uh, has PPE available to sell. So they have masks, hand sanitizers, gloves, etc. So if you want to reach out to them, I'm going to give you their number right now. It is 915-270-2887. And you can email them at info at bowertrophies.com. 
That's B-A-U-E-R trophies.com. That information is also in the chat um, for all of our attendees that are participating right now. Uh, thank you, Magdalena, for your question. So next question that we have, it gets into the PPE as well. Asking about sanitizing your PPE, is that something that you all are engaging in and how are you going about sanitizing that? So um, here, for example, in the office, we have going back to the dish soap and the, uh, the water, uh, disinfecting the surfaces, um, the uh, uh, door handles, uh, door knobs, um, then Cynthia, if you can speak to what's happening with the equipment in the field. Sure, definitely. Uh, so this is this is very important out in the field because there are a lot of tools that are community tools, right? That you know, one employee is is using it for I don't know an hour or so. Another one jumps on there, and so uh, they are instructed to to sanitize the handle, everything that can be sanitized to to sanitize. Of course, there's actual, you know, like the cord, the power cord that of course we cannot, but uh, anything that they're touching has to be sanitized in between each uh, employee that is using them at the end of the day and at the beginning of the day before that tool is being used. So that is enforced out, out in the field and our subcontractors um, uh, are compliant with that as well. So the next question that we are getting in is about staggering the arrivals. So are you staggering arrivals on the job site to allow for social distancing or is everybody still showing up at the same time? You know what, at our job sites, uh, we're fortunate enough that we have um, all kinds of different subcontractors. So, you know, your roofers might get there, um, the first ones to get there at six or 6.30 because they wanna beat the heat. So they show up first. Then depending on the on, on your concrete subcontractor, if they have an early pour, then they'll show up at seven. So that kind of just works out in itself. Uh, but, but that's a good point. Right, yeah, exactly. That is a good point that if they are all showing up at seven, then you do wanna go ahead and implement something like that. Um, and on our, during our temperature checks, what we do is uh, we mark X's on the floor so that they're six feet apart as they're waiting to get screened for their temperature. And um, it's, it's visual, they know where to stand, they follow it, and that's how we're complying, complying with that. Uh, but if you do have people that are showing up at seven, then, then we should probably implement something like that out in the field for sure. Yeah, that's a Good great point. point. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so we do have somebody else who is commenting about um, some information in terms of the supply of N95 masks. They are listing a good contact as Daniel Hernandez and the phone number for Daniel, if you're looking for N95 masks is 915-603-8142 and that information is also provided in the chat to all of our uh, panelists and attendees. The next question that we are getting in is about social distancing during the actual job. So how are you enforcing the six feet rule while people are actually performing their work? That's a great question. Uh, it's very difficult and sometimes not feasible. Uh, most of the time not feasible. And that's why we have to incorporate our PPE into that. 
it's not all it's not always feasible to have those six feet because we're working together you know there's a buddy system i'm helping somebody else work out you're you know holding on to this while i'm hammering down this and so um that's when your your uh, your mouth and face cover come into play that's when um um i'm sorry yeah your, your gloves uh come into play and so just during that essential task that they're having to do, that they're they're being close. At least we have that PPE as your um, last form of protection. Um, but sometimes it, it's not feasible, unfortunately. And I think I, I think you can also look at again what activity is going on to where again you can monitor it. And, and again, if there is uh, more than 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 then you feel comfortable with, again, as a site safety health officer or the individual in charge of that job, um, you might have to break that activity down. And, and this is going back to, you know, these are scenarios we none of us have ever gone through this, so we're kind of learning as we go along and just using uh, common sense best judgment, if that, if, I don't know if that even makes sense, but um, to determine whether or not we do have too many people uh, that are there to where we do need to back off. So I think you know what that's that flexibility you need to leave yourself. We do have a question coming in about like the size of the job sites, Frank. Asking about how many people you have per job site. Are you trying to limit that, or are you still having just as many people as needed to get the job done? Well, again, in our industry, it, it's all about production, and and we have uh, schedules to maintain. We're fortunate that our two projects. Um, are, are large. They're, one in particular, we're averaging about you know 70 to 80 individuals on that job site. But you know that, that that's a very large facility, and so uh, it, it's given us the opportunity to spread ourselves out. Um, there are scenarios where we are uh, in close proximity, but but again, you know, like 1717. Um, you know, right now at uh, another job site, again, it's it's a fairly large site. Um, again, it's all ex we're in the exterior, uh, not enclosed yet, um, so so that helps as well. So there's a couple of things that are playing to our advantage, um, but but on average, you know, we're anywhere from 45 to 80 uh, subs on a given job site. Um, so the next question that we have coming in is really focused on not only the number of people that you have on the job sites, but how frequently they are required to wash their hands, sanitize their hands, things like that. So do you guys have a set schedule where like, you know, two or three hours into the job, a bell rings and everybody knows they have to go wash their hands? Um, or what, what kind of schedule are you all following on that? So uh, what we've implemented to, to assure that, that we're, we're in compliance is, of course, before they get to the, before entering the job site and after taking their, their temperature screens, they are directed to wash their hands. They wash their hands before they get to the job site. If uh, they take a break, they have to wash their hands after, uh, before and after. There's also, uh, we have to follow for every four hours worked, there has to be a 15 minute break uh, designated for hand washing only. Now, the way that we're managing this on site is that each competent person for every subcontractor or every trade has a uh, mandatory uh, break log. 
where they sign off that they took a break from this time to this time. And that is how we're keeping record and assuring that they're taking that mandatory 15 break strictly for hand washing hygiene. That's great advice for businesses in terms of like managing when and, and how often your employees are making sure that, that things are being kept clean and healthy and sanitized. Um, we do have a request coming in for us to repeat some information that we provided earlier. So the contact for N95 masks is Daniel Hernandez, and his phone number is 915-603-8142. So again, that number is 915-603-8142, and ask for Daniel Hernandez if you are looking for N95 masks. So the next question that we have coming in is about the masks. Um, first off, are you giving your employees cloth masks? And if so, how are you making sure that they are getting washed every day? So we, we did, um, we provided all of our team uh, cloth masks. And um, again, we're, we're leaving it up to them to, to wash them accordingly. Um, we, we provided, there was two sets that we provided so far. Um, and, and they should be alternating those. Um, but um, again, it's going back to uh, the transparency, the, the sense of urgency, uh, the why, um, and, and we're hopeful that everybody's abiding by, um, uh, by the rules in order to make sure those are, are being watched properly. But so yes, the question, your answer to your question, yes, we provided those for, uh, for our, 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 our team. Now, it's a requirement of the subcontractors to have those as well. Right, so each subcontractor's responsibility to provide uh, any additional PPE to their, to their employees. Uh, not only to provide it, but to train them in the use, um, in the upkeep, in the cleanliness of them. Uh, so you might issue, for example, us here um, with the ASIC team, uh, we're normally using the cloth, cloth masks uh, but it is really up to if each individual, if you know you have access to an N95, you can definitely use an N95 and switch out. Sometimes you know it gets a little bit difficult running around out there with an, with an N95, and it's it's more comfortable for us to wear the 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 cloth mask. But it's really a, a preference of of everyone. I think um, just uh, what's important is that we have some sort of protection. So uh, Michelle, here's yeah. an example. So Cynthia has her, her fabric mask, and I'm wearing a, a gator. And, and so <laughs> a lot of so again, it goes back to again. This was an issue. This is something I had. So again, I change them out um, every day. So again, it's just as long as to Cynthia's point, as long as you are covering your nose and your mouth. That's what's the the key thing. We do have another question coming in about safety equipment um, and any guidance that you've provided to your employees when they get home. So have you provided any guidance to your employees in terms of ways to make sure that their family is kept safe in case they did accidentally come into contact with COVID-19 on the job site? Are you giving them any guidance as far as steps to take when they get home? So definitely a topic uh, that's useful uh, during a safety meeting, for, for example. Yeah, good toolbox, uh, because taking home safety is very important, right? It doesn't really stop when you clock out. Uh, you have to take it home as well. And so 
So it's a good topic to talk uh, to everybody during the safety meeting. And I think really it is uh, with starting with the hand washing before you leave the job site. So that's number one. Uh, getting home, definitely I think that we need to focus on what we've been wearing all day. So that's our, you know, our safety vest, that's our clothing that we're wearing, um, our PPE, our hard hat, our safety glasses. Make sure that that stays, you know, either on the job site locked up somewhere or in the individual's work truck. Uh, we talk about sanitizing that PPE as well. Uh, but once they get home, a lot of the um, feedback that I'm getting is that they go straight to their garage and they pretty much um, leave the work clothes there and put it immediately in the wash and jump in the shower. And I think that's what everybody is doing before making any contact with their families, with their friends, uh, or anybody in that household. And so when you hold a safety meeting like that, you get all sorts of ideas and you know, you start getting that feedback, like, well, maybe I should be doing this, I'm not doing this, I'm hanging around the couch, not right. showering, right? So uh, uh, I think that's what everybody else is doing, and, and that's a good a good topic for, for a safety meeting, for sure. Yeah, great question, great question. We do have a question coming in about funding some of these these things that you've had to adapt. So the question is, um, did you get any kind of disaster relief loans from the SBA to help cover the cost of some of these things that you all are putting in place, if you're even comfortable asking answering that question. No, no, we're comfortable answering that question. Yes, we, we, we have applied for the disaster relief funds. We are still waiting, like many of us uh, small businesses are waiting for. Um, we were approved on our PPP uh, loan, um, but again, that, that is strictly for uh, that's set aside for strict purposes having to do with payroll, rent, et cetera. Um, but right now, it, it's, we're funding our, our own uh, uh, you know, masks and um, sanitizing stations and things that we need um, to protect our team as well as our subcontractors. And final question that I've got in the queue from the emails that we've been getting during this session is about privacy concerns, Frank. So somebody is asking, if you've had to deal with a potential COVID-19 test, how have you gone about dealing with that? How have you balanced protecting the individual who had to be tested, their privacy, but also making sure that anybody that came into contact with them knew that they should go get tested as well? That's a great question. Um, you know, we, we, we've gotten a couple of, of, of scares, uh, but again, uh, we took a step back. We uh, waited for uh, confirmation. Luckily, uh, again, existing within our team. Um, so it, it's something that we haven't dealt with. Uh, we're dealing with a, certain, a, a couple of scenarios right now. Um, but again, because the, they have removed themselves from job sites uh, on their own, based on, again, everybody, uh, the, the, the lead individuals, subcontractors, as well as self knowing that as soon as there's a you know, temperature over 100, they're, you know, they're being sent home. But we're taking the right protocols to, to, to get these people off the site. But again, we're going to be faced with that. And, and to that question, there's going to be more and more job sites that are going to be faced with these um, scenarios. Uh, we just haven't dealt with it yet. Um, 
ourselves, but I'd be open, you know, I know all of us here would be open to see what would be the best uh, approach. How do, how do we, how do we handle that situation? These are the, these are the things that we're kind of learning as we go, um, but we're going to have to face them. And I think that the biggest thing is, is, is being honest and being transparent. Um, would be the, the, the advice, and, and that would be the, our approach to, to go through the proper channels, go to our plan, follow what, what, we, what we decided that we were going to do in our, our COVID-19 plan for job site. Um, uh, you know, we all have some important decisions to make, uh, notify the right individuals um, and uh, in, in order to protect uh, the rest of the crew. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I answered that question. <laughs> it's one of those where everything changes and evolves as we go on and so I don't think that anybody's going to have necessarily the perfect answer to that question until they really have gone through it themselves and every single situation is going to be different um, it can be different between construction company to construction company you could have somebody that's exactly the same size doing the same kinds of jobs but they'll have a totally different response that will work for them but it would work for you guys in a different way based on what your company culture is. Right. Yeah. We do have one more question coming in, Frank, um, asking how COVID-19 has impacted your ability to complete jobs on time and how are you trying to balance the health and safety of your employees by making sure that those jobs get completed on time and in budget or relatively within budget. Yeah. Um, I think it boils down to the communication with the owner, um, notifying them of, you know, different stages that you're in within the project that uh, you foresee that you're going to go over. Um, I think that by now we all know that COVID uh, is having an impact, um, uh, obviously on our nation and then within our community. Um, so I, th I think it's just about communicating that to the owner, um, you know, because we have seen the effects of COVID-19 on shipment of supplies, uh, inventory. Um, you know, I think for the most part in, in our industry, our, our, our family, they want to work. Um, everybody wants to be able to, to go out, uh, earn a paycheck. Um, you know, they're, they're concerned. But the biggest thing is, is that, you know, we should be very grateful that we have an opportunity to work. And that's why it's so important that we educate and we do our part to keep the person next to us safe um and um you know this is going to have an impact on schedules it is going to have an impact on on budget i mean you asked me the question uh, have we used uh funding from outside sources to help us no right now it's hitting your bottom line we're having to increase uh our safety uh for safety precautions on our porta potties um, yeah, th those aren't, those aren't, uh, weren't expected. Um, so, so, um, you know, I would just recommend be honest with your owners, your clients, your subcontractors, um, start asking these questions, stay ahead, um, so that you can understand where you're going to be at and convey that. Um, and I think that for the most part, if you have that team-like, um, relationship, uh, with your client, your owners, your subs, um, you're, you're going to be okay at the end. Well, Frank, Cynthia, thank you so much. I want to thank you guys for joining us, taking some time out of, I'm sure, a very busy schedule, um, especially trying to manage all of these different job sites, keep all of your employees safe and healthy. 
really appreciate all of the work that you guys do in our community for our community. Thank you guys for joining us today. I don't see any other questions coming in through the queue. So my final question for you all is what would be the one piece of advice that you would want businesses to take away when it comes to keeping your job site clean, safe, and healthy during these really um, unprecedented times? Uh, for me, it would be, it would be patience. It would be a lot of patience, um, keeping, keeping your eye on the ball and, and making sure that you remind yourself why it is that we're doing all of these things that we're not used to doing. And, and it's all for, for the health of, of, of each other, uh, to be able to come home to our families, to continue to work, uh, and to improve the situation here with our community most and foremost. But patience would probably be, be, um, be my word for it. I think that's such great advice. Have patience with others and uh, patience with yourself too. <laughs> Exactly. I think for me, Michelle, that the message would be is um, uh, maintain the transparency with your team. Um, be honest about um, what's happening. Um, don't, don't try to uh, make things seem less than what they are. Uh, this is serious. Um, and you need to have uh, those serious talks with your team, um, both inside the office and those that are in the field. Um, you know, the, the, the people in the field in the field are fighting the good fight, um, but there's a lot of stuff that happens inside the office. And so, um, you know, having those discussions with your team about what is reality, uh, what potentially could happen, and, and then again, create, uh, you know, an executive committee, uh, such as we have an executive committee that we've created that we could sit here and brainstorm and plan um, for, you know, different types, types of scenario, worst case scenario, somewhere in between, um, and then hope that, you know, you can kind of stay on track. And if you need to, you have something to, to keep you between the lines. So that's probably the, the, the biggest advice I could, I could give based on your question. Well, thank you so much for this advice and this guidance for our businesses. I think we had a lot of good ideas also come about, like talking about staggering schedules and things like that. So a lot of great back and forth during this session. Um, again, I want to thank you all for joining us today. And then we will also be making it available via our podcast, Sharing Sweat Equity. So for those of you guys that want to review this session while you're on the run, um, out there with your masks on, biking, walking the dog, or working out from home, um, or anything like that. It'll be available for you all to download and listen that way or watch on YouTube. All right, everybody, that is it for this episode of Sharing Sweat Equity. Again, thank you to our special guests, Cynthia and Frank from Aztec Contractors, and of course, our partners, Sun Carpets and Epicenter. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. We will see you all next time.